Welcome to Virtual Church. 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 Well, good morning, everybody, and God bless you. Thank you for joining us again for Virtual Church today. Um, we pray that the joy of the Lord is continuing to be your strength, and uh, we are glad that wherever you are, you've uh, tuned in for the word today. So, bless you. Uh, before we go into the message, let's just give thanks. Amen. Father God, we're thankful for this new day. Lord, we're thankful for your great love for us, for the church, Father God. We're thank thankful, Father God, that you are a covenant father. You're a good, good father, Lord. We're thankful, Father God, for people that choose to um, honour your name, worship and praise your name, Father God. And Lord, we're thankful, Father God, today that your spirit um, helps us in our weaknesses, in all of our weaknesses, Lord, that your spirit helps us. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you're leading us and guiding us and directing us by your spirit. Even when we feel a little bit lost and hopeless, we don't know what to ask for, we may not know what to pray for, we ask you, Father God, as we intercede and as we pray in the spirit, Lord, to lead us on, Father God. And I pray that this word today helps us to understand and reveal to us just who we are in you and, and the benefits that we have as your children and having you as our heavenly Father, Lord, and that, that you give us the right to rule, Father God. And in the future, Lord, we're thankful your word says that we will rule and reign with Christ. So, Lord, we're thankful, Father God, for the blood of the Lamb, that's redeemed us, Father, for your great forgiveness, your grace for us and your mercy. So, Lord, let this word minister to our lives today, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, praise God. It's Communion Sunday um, today as well. So we will be taking communion. So please have your uh, elements ready for the back end of the message we'll we'll take communion um you know i always uh uh think you know it's good to manifest the joy of the lord in your life somehow even if it means looking around you sometimes to to um, see the good in a bad situation or to um, look at some situation that would normally annoy you or frustrate you or maybe even make you a little bit mad 
and to just relax and rest in 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 uh, in him and say Do you know what i can see uh the humor in that i can see the lighter side of life and i think that's such a blessing uh, some of my students this week um found a loophole in their learning platform that <laughs> kind of took me by surprise um and so um let's just say they shared their work between them and uh when i when i seen this i thought oh my gosh you know um initially i was like oh i was uh kind of a little bit uptight about it and then i thought do you know what it just gives me an opportunity to speak to them and so uh praise god for that you know it's good sometimes to f not to focus always on uh you know, what we can, might consider to be wrongs, um, but to look at the lighter side of life and to know that sometimes people will just uh, do what they naturally feel inclined to do. So, you know, I think that with um, the Holy Spirit in us, we uh, can impact the world around us by helping to guide and lead people. Amen. And um, life is full of constants and variables and i'm so thankful for the constants of life the dependable solid immovable foundations which are god and his word amen those are the constants in life and then there's also the variables that we're uh the curveballs and the unexpected things and the surprises that we have to deal with and these come in a multitude of situations that we experience in our lives. Amen. Um, the title of this message today is The Right to Rule. Thank you for tuning in over the last couple of weeks as we spoke about um, seasons. Um, we spoke about the, our hearts. Um, the word says, uh, you know, that's where the issues of life come from. It all springs from our heart. There are different seasons of even even of the heart. And I think today this word is going to hopefully just encourage us to hold on to uh, the source of all life, the source of hope, the source of authority. So, you know, there are constants in life. To me, they're very few. They are ultimately God's word. And, and, and the foundation that he gives us. And, um, you know, there's always variables and there's always, I think, a conditioning taking place to move us towards becoming accustomed to new ways of living. And there are new mindsets that are trying to establish themselves in the world. And there have been, it's been like that over centuries. Um, but, you know, becoming accustomed to something um, essentially means that you adapt to the prevailing or existing conditions. You become accustomed to something. And I want to read the scripture in Colossians 2 verse 8. And it says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principle of the world and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Amen. 
you know, I believe we have to be very, very discerning about what we become accustomed to. And rather remember that we can exercise our right to rule. And, um, you know, becoming, adapting to new situations and becoming accustomed to new things. What I'm not, I'm not saying here that we resist all change, okay? So if there's traffic lights at the top of the Rye Road, which I believe we'll all be seeing again soon, and, um, you know, uh, the council decide to put in a new uh, fangled style of lights or something, just because the traffic lights have changed doesn't mean to say that we resist that change, okay? There's certain things that change around us that we adapt to for the good of society. Many things, though, that are not. And so, you know, we, we've got to remember to exercise our rights here as, as children of the Most High God, not to do what is normal and habitual, but to exercise our right to respond to new situations in a godly way. Um, you know, there's a great example of this in Daniel. Daniel and his friends, they respected the rulership because we know it's God who institutes authority. Amen. Um, but they would not integrate with the customs. And in the end, their obedience and devotion to what was constant um, that trumped the unstable and variable situation that they were living in. So they held on to the constant. Change was, you know, there was a pressure to, for them to adapt and become accustomed to what was going on around them, but they held on to the constant. Amen. Thank God for this um, truth. Um, this week I was reading a part of a message that I seen from um, Pastor Theo, and there was a scenario in it, and the scenario was this. What if you imagined rewinding the clock of creation backwards? Imagine that everything in existence went backwards to where it originally came from. If you imagine that, this would essentially mean that everything would go back through the mouth of Christ into his heart. Because everything that we see around us, everything created was once upon a time in Christ. Amen. And the scripture that tells us that's in Colossians 1 um, verse 16. And I'm using mostly the New King James today. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Amen. Um, the very next verse in a different translation, the NLT says, he existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Amen. So I was thinking about this um, post that I seen from Pastor Theo, and while I was thinking about it, it occurred to me that the same, that in the same fashion, the power and influence of evil that exists in the world today, if, if that was rewound, 
its origin would also find itself in the heart of one being. And that would be in the heart of Lucifer. Lucifer was described as being um, heaven's morning star and covering cherub. You know, Lucifer was a, a preeminent angelic being. He had access to the throne room of God. He was distinguished as an angelic leader. And the word says that Lucifer was perfect in his ways until his wisdom was corrupted and his heart was consumed by the pride that drove him to exalt himself above the Lord. There we go again, these conditions of the heart, it's always the matters of the heart that, really, that are really important. So let's remind ourselves today, uh, family, that he is the source of deception. The devil is the source of deception and the father of lies, and he still has free reign upon the earth at this moment to try and command the free will that people have as a gift from God. God gave all of us a free will as a gift because God didn't want to force us to love him. He wanted us to love him because we want to love him. And that, is, that, is, that makes such a huge difference to me in my life to know that God does not want me to force me into anything, but that I would do what I would do for him out of love for him that I have chosen. And so the Lucifer, Satan, has free reign to try and change that still to this day. And that is to draw people away from the redemption that's available in Jesus Christ. You know, we need to remember that we were created as the crown of God's creation. You and I are the crown of God's creation and we were given the right to rule and have the dominion. You can read that in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. We were given this right to rule and have dominion by God himself. And um, if you go even to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, it says that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and a holy nation his own special people, that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light and bringing all that into the present tense. But we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You know, um, people nowadays don't even want to associate themselves with the, with the, the word priest because of the, the way it's been tarnished. You can see how Satan tries to tarnish and taint everything that God has ordained. And so the priesthood is not a thing to be avoided or rejected because of the connotations it has in our present day. The word says that we're a royal priesthood. He says that, we are, that you are one of his special people. Amen. And sometimes we reach places in our lives where we say, I don't know what I've become. I just don't know who I am anymore. I feel numb. I feel without a purpose. And I believe that one of the reasons why we sometimes cry out, how on earth did I end up here? How did I end up in this position? How did I end up in this place? Is because we've got to remember 
that Satan's mandate is to put the greatest distance possible between every person on this earth, whether they're a believer or a non-believer, put the greatest distance between them and the truth. He continues to drive a wedge in between the truth and the lie. He wants to distance it. Amen. So there's the lie, there's deception, and then there's the truth. And he wants to, he wants to drive a wedge in between us and our creator and take us as far to the side of the, of the deception as possible. Satan wants to prevent people at all costs from discovering the link between us and our true father, our creator. And that is, that is a huge thing. He's trying to prevent people from discovering that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I once heard a great illustration of this from David Proudfoot, who has ministered in our church a couple of times already. And if you read the first few chapters of Genesis, you will find that whilst the universe is at different stages of being created, God refers uh, to himself as Elohim, okay, which we know is the mighty one or almighty God. So during the stages of creation, he is, he is Elohim, God. But at the advent of God creating man and around the time where he creates the garden for man to live in, God's title becomes Lord God or Yahweh Elohim. And this is really significant, I believe, because it defines God as a covenant-keeping God, all right? As Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God. And if you read on in Genesis to the temptation of Eve, or, or maybe more aptly put it this way, the deception of Eve by Satan, you'll discover something, um, and that is that Satan cunningly omits one of the names of the Lord when he's communicating with Eve. And so in Genesis chapter 3, uh, you'll see what Satan says to her. I'm just going to read a little bit of that in Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God, just God, has God indeed say, said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Can you, you can just kind of imagine it, you know, I write, seriously, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be just like God, knowing good and evil. So Satan deliberately misleads Eve and ensures that when she thinks on God, who had just previously given them not only their instructions for life, as the custodians of Eden, okay, but he'd also given them access to um, paradise itself. He'd given them access to constant communion with himself, okay? So the stakes are huge 
in this situation. But Satan makes sure that, she th that when she thinks about God, she is not thinking about him as the God of the covenant, the God who is in covenant with them, because she follows Satan's lead in leaving the name Yahweh out. So she drops the name, the covenant-keeping God, and just it's just God. And I believe, my, and this is my personal opinion, there's so much disagreement and division within the church because many fail to understand that God is a father. And he raises and disciplines us as a true father should, okay? But he also loves, forgives, and provides as a true father should. Amen? You know, I don't believe that my earthly dad wants to see me down and out and impoverished. And I don't believe my heavenly father wants that for me either. Now, I'm not preaching a prosperity message. I'm preaching uh, my father's a good, good father. And as Jehovah Jireh, he promises to take care of us and supply all of our needs. And why, we should, why should we be ashamed of that message? That's the message that I would preach. And it's not a prosperity message. It's God is a good, good father. And we should not be ashamed. And we should not deny that he wants us to live under the umbrella of his protection, his blessing, which his covenant provides for. And the world will point towards the church in so many areas today and say it's all about just prosperity. Well, my God is Jehovah Jireh. I'm not dropping that name or leaving that name out. It's one of the names of God. Amen. And notice that I said that God supplies all of our, all of our needs, not all of our wants. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, if you continue on in Genesis to verse 8, once again, it goes back to the Lord being referred to as the Lord God. So the damage is done. And Satan has successfully achieved what he still does to this very day. Divide and conquer, divide and rule. Okay? Satan wants us to... Satan wants to separate us from being in covenant with the source of all authority so that we can never benefit from having his seal upon our lives. And I love that. I love that. I, I think about the old red wax seal that the that, that rulers put on documents that, you know, this, it's sealed. That has my seal on it can only come from my ring, my signet is on you. My ring, my seal is on you. Amen. And so he does not want us to benefit from the source of all authority. And therefore we become harmless to the kingdom of darkness. And if Satan can persuade or deceive us into dropping any of the names of God or get us to forsake recognizing God for who he really is, and he does this by misrepresenting God's character to the world. And by the way, this is in progress right now in a major way. If he can do that, then he's on his way to swaying people and to making that distance grow wider. If he can prize us out of the grip of truth, if he can get us to misquote God's word as Eve did, if he can get people 
or the church to disassociate sin with the punishment for sin, okay? People don't like to talk about the punishment for sin. The Bible clearly says the wages of sin are death, amen? If he can get, if Satan can get people to believe things like, surely a loving God wouldn't do such and such a thing. After God himself says something like that to Eve, if you, shall, if you eat of this, you shall surely die. It was a commandment from God. He said, you shall not. There isn't a stronger word in the, in the Bible or in the dictionary than will or shall. You shall not. It was a commandment. And of course, we know it wasn't referring to physical death. Eve just didn't drop dead after she um, partook of the fruit. But it was spiritual death. Amen. So if Satan can get us to this place, then we can fall prone to decontextualizing God's word to justify what is not of God and making it fit for our lifestyles and culture. Therefore, we fall into this scenario the word tells us about, about in Mark chapter 7, verse 13, which is, says that we make the word of God to no effect through your, your tradition, which you have handed down and many such things you do. We go back to that scripture earlier on talking about customs, basic principles of the world, all of these things, new mindsets new, being established, new cultures being established that, that want to be continued and handing, handed, handed on, emboldened, in, in, entrenched. Amen. What, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 5 says that we, have, we can have a form of godliness but deny its power from people like that turn away amen so important to meditate on these on these things that is what satan is trying to do separate us distance us and we sing songs in the church like what can separate us from the love of christ you find that in romans chapter 8 verse 37 yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us amen we're persuaded that neither death nor life, angels nor principalities or powers, nor things present or things to come, height or width or depth or any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God. We used to sing that song, so high you can't get over it, so low you can't get under it, so wide you can't get around it. Talking about the love of God, what a beautiful and uplifting lyrics, proving that God's love for us is 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 insurmountable and you know listen it's not it's not god who has the propensity to wax cold it's us because the reality to one answer to the line in that song is that the love of the of the world can separate us the word says yeah we can't be separated from god's love that is unfailing but what can separate us is the love of the world. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 from verse 9. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all powers, signs and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Amen. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion 
that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And I know this is a, I know this is a preach this morning. It's a preach. But, but meditate on this word later. Meditate on this word this week. I believe that that, that is when we need the message that there is a source that we need to connect to, amen, or reconnect with that speaks to us of who we were created to be, rulers, amen. We're created to have dominion, created to be rulers. And I, for one, personally know that I've given so much away that, that if we're not careful, we abdicate so much. You know, in Revelation chapter, chapter 1, verse 5 to 6, it says, To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Kings and priests. A king is a ruler. Now, there's bad ones and good ones, but a king is a ruler. You know, Satan can no longer enforce the dominion and control he has over the world. It's an evil influence that holds sway over the world. Yes, that's true. And although we inherited sin when we were born, except by the grace of God, we grow up in a world system that essentially wants to own us, okay, and for us to own nothing. This world system wants to own us and for us to own nothing. But the Lord God Almighty, amen, the Lord God Almighty bought us back by paying for us with the blood of Jesus, by paying for us with the life of his only son. And that means that's the game changer. The world wants to subjugate you. It wants you to own nothing. It wants you to be indebted to its system. You know, if you go back to Satan's encounter with Eve, Satan implies that God is holding something back as if to say he is essentially deceiving you, Eve. God's deceiving you. He's holding something back here because he doesn't want you to be like him. He doesn't want you to have the knowledge of good and evil. There's more. There's more. But you'll never find out what that is until you do things until you follow my suggestion here and do this. And he's not going to let you have it because he knows that as soon as you do, it'll make you equal with him. No, no. God wants us to walk in the authority of the believer and to live life as rulers. God has delegated authority to us and we can only walk in that authority when we meet his conditions for living and use the name of Jesus. And we rest in the finished work of the, of the cross. And we rejoice in the resurrection. And we truly understand what he has provided for us. Amen. To just remember the finished work of the cross. Hallelujah. The finished work. The world wants you to be a subject. But it's up to us to make the variables of this world subject unto us, to bring the circumstances and, and, and the everything else 
that the wolf can bring to your door, the enemy can bring across your path, you can make it subject to you. You can make it subject, it is subject to the name of Jesus anyway. Amen. Luke 10 reminds us in verse 19, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Amen. And nothing shall by any, no thing, break it in two, no thing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you because the 70 came back and they were like, wow, this is incredible. Even the demons are subject to us in, 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 in your name, in the name of Jesus. And Jesus says, don't, don't rejoice in that. Don't rejoice in that. Like we said last week, God is going to put rejoicing in your mouth by causing something to happen in your life that gives you um, genuine cause for rejoicing. Don't rejoice in that. Rather rejoice because your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. You think that's something. What is really something is that you're saved. Your eternity is secure. You know, the influence, I believe the influence of the enemy in the world today, and I've experienced it, and I know people who struggle, who are struggling, who have struggled, and, and we know that we live every day, we live and we walk, it's a walk of faith, amen? But the influence of the enemy brings misery. It brings poverty. It'll bring war and strife. It'll bring sickness and death into your life and into, into families, into nations, into neighborhoods, into communities, and so much more. Amen? But we've just got to remember the impact that the righteous can have, the impact of someone understanding that they are a ruler. Amen? Like Abraham wrestling with God over Sodom saying, Don't would you destroy it if there were 50 righteous? No, I won't destroy it. And all the way down to 10. Do not underestimate your identity in, the, in Christ and remember that he is Yahweh Elohim. He is God, your Father, who has a covenant with you. And if we receive that and we accept it and we live in it and, and, and the devil further lies to us to make us think we're unworthy of it, amen. But the word says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. It adds no sorrow with it. It's wise for us as believers to reconnect with the right source. Understand you are connected and if that connection has been severed or broken and it's been tougher this time around in the second lockdown, I know that. My brothers and sisters, my church family, we love you and we, we are missing you. We will be together soon. Pray that we'll be together on Easter weekend. I'm opening those doors and we will be together. I'm believing for that. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. We can, we, I urge you to reconnect, but, but don't wait. Do it now. And to finish off this message, I want you to listen to the language here in Romans chapter 8, verse 32. And it says there, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then 
who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son and delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening to this message. I pray God's best for you. Thank you that as you pray for one another, please remember to pray for the church. Please remember to pray for the bridge in Ayr and Cowinning, the people of Ayr and Cowinning. Please remember to pray for our communities, our immediate communities. Pray for the government. This, our country is in, is in turmoil. And uh, a lot of the things I've spoken about, uh, it's the division, divide and conquer. It's all going on. Pray for our nation and pray for the glory of God being manifest in Scotland again, that people everywhere will lift up <laughs> the name of Jesus and honour it, glorify it, and worship the name of Jesus. Worship the, our Yahweh Elohim, our God and our Father. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to take um, communion this morning. Praise the Lord if you have your elements ready. I'd also like to encourage you, um, church, just to um, please remember, uh, although we don't preach a tithes and offerings message every week, please, um, we're asking you to still consider your tithes and your offerings. We, we can still receive them. And uh, we ask uh, that as, and we pray that as you, that as you sow seed, that you will be rewarded with the harvest of the seed that you've sown. Um, and so we're thankful for all of you who give and sow into the ministry in all ways, not just financially, but also with your gifts and your time. Um, Want to just say thank you to John and Sabina who, 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 who help every week with getting this online, uh, for young Luke who uploads things to the website, and for everyone else who contacts us with a little bit of feedback, we really would love to have more of your feedback, not, not on the messages, but on, on life and how you're doing. So praise God for that. Hallelujah. You know, um, as we share in communion, um, and we remember this message right now, Eve actually fell into the trap of demeaning and diminishing the covenant that God had instituted with um, her and Adam. So this time together, taking communion, we should never understate its importance in these times because it's taking communion that continually points us to the hope that Jesus is coming back soon, amen. He is coming back soon. And so, and, and he can do that because he conquered um, death and he took the keys of hell and death and he left that place with them. And uh, he opened up a way for us to walk into eternal life in, in heaven with him one day, amen. So praise God for that. Um, we pray the blood of Jesus over you, Linda and I, as, we, as, as in when we pray, we always pray 
the blood of Jesus over everyone in the church. We pray today as we take communion that there will be healings, um, healings in physically, emotional healings, spiritual healings. Um, it's not been an easy time. It's been, there's been a lot of tension through this, uh, these last few months. We pray for healing and a rest in the goodness of God. Amen. I'm going to read today from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and it says this, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Amen. Let's eat together this morning. Hallelujah. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Let us drink together. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us. Let's just pray as we close. Thank you, Father God, for this word. I pray that it finds its mark today. Father God, help us as we go forward to pray in the light and the revelation of who you really are to us, our covenant Lord and Father. And we thank you, Father God, that you help us never to uh, forget the impact of the righteous on our world today, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that you give us courage in these days to stand for what we believe, to stand for our faith. And Father God, we declare today that we will not fear what man can do to us. Father God, as your word says, um, uh, to set our foreheads like flint, do not fear what man can do to you. Rather fear the alternatives to what man can do. Rather fear the consequences um, of stepping out of, from under your covenant and being disobedient. So Father God, help us to take strength and courage and to embolden ourselves, Father God. Father God, we long for the day when we are back together again corporately, Father God. The fellowship of the saints, encouraging and strengthening one another, being in unity around your name, Father God. So Lord, we pray that that day accelerates towards us, Father God, just as we pray that your coming, Father God, accelerates too, Lord. Father God, that we know that we can hasten the time of your return by doing what you instruct us to do, by being obedient, Father God. And so, Lord, we just thank you, Father God, for your word today. We pray for our loved ones and families, wherever they may be today, we pray, Father God, your blessing over them. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, everybody. Thank you for joining us and we'll be back with you soon. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter. Thank you.